1: declare the scripture Zechariah 2 5 over Faith City Outreach where the Lord says and I myself will be a wall of fire around it declares the Lord and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest Akash Patel founder of a nonprofit organization called Happy World Foundation in Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much, Akash, for being on Faith City Outreach to share how God has blessed your nonprofit organization to help educate so many children about global citizenship and citizen-to-citizen diplomacy and cross-cultural understanding in schools and communities worldwide.
2: Marina, good evening. What a pleasure to be here with you this evening. I thank you and appreciate you for leading us and starting us off with a beautiful prayer. Uh, Thank you so much for having having me here. I'm so looking forward to this interview. So am I.
1: And I was just reading about your nonprofit organization on the internet and I was so excited because I'm an educator myself and I started reading about all your programs and I was thinking, my goodness, I want that for our school. I want that for every school. So Akash, before we get into all the details, I just want to know first, when did God lead you to create your own nonprofit organization, Happy World Foundation?
2: Well, that's an amazing question because I think God led me on this journey when my brother and I, we are twins, we first came to the United States. And when we came, we were so loved by all of our neighbors in Iowa. And then from Iowa, we moved in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. So, you know, we went to school with folks who were farmers and ranchers, and we had these stereotypes of Oklahoma. We thought when we landed at the airport in Oklahoma, we would be seeing some cowboys and, you know, (laughs) TPs. But to our surprise, we didn't see any. And then the Folks down at our university in Oklahoma, they were so shocked to, uh, you know, for the first time, we went to a very small (laughs) liberal arts school. So they were shocked to see kids who had come all the way from India to study and pursue a degree. My brother went for his degree in business and I went for my degree in education. So they were really shocked. What were you doing in the middle of nowhere in a small liberal arts public university? So that's when you know I was given this opportunity to teach in a very small rural community where I only had 200 students in the entire school. The town had 500 people. So kids Their eyes were so full of excitement when they saw this teacher who did not look like them. And the teacher told them tales of all around the world. So the kids were so excited. They're like, Mr. Patel, please tell us today about Australia or about Germany. And, you know, I myself have. I've been fortunate and I thank God that he's given me the opportunity to travel to over 50 countries and I speak six languages. So I was able to share so much wealth of information with these kids. And then I decided, Hey, I can only do so much with one school, but what if I brought in the hundreds and thousands of my friends from over a hundred countries and mobilize their collective energies and talents And brought them into the schools, just like you and I are talking right now via Zoom. Mm -hmm. I brought these people in via video calling. And in the United States of America, a country so great where we are blessed with the best of internet, why shouldn't teachers across the United States be using that internet to connect their children with a scientist in Antarctica or with children in India or in Australia or in Ghana or Uganda? Because ultimately, you know, the kids, you should have seen the spark in their eyes when I would connect them one morning with somebody in Ghana and the next morning with somebody in Brazil. So then I was like, why don't I take this and turn it into a nonprofit? Because Akash can only be in one place at a time. But what if I mobilize all these people? and bring them into hundreds of schools across the country. So in 2014, when I graduated from university, I created a nonprofit called World Experiences or Global Experiences because we as Americans, or no matter what our nationality is, We need global experiences. We live in such an interconnected world where we need to know about folks all around the globe. We need to know what kind of government they have so that we as Americans can be grateful for what we have in our country. Because a lot of times people in the United States, they're not grateful for the many freedoms they have. But as an immigrant myself who came to the United States, went to college here and now works here and calls the United States home, I know how grateful I am for all the opportunities here. So I'm giving the same opportunity to American kids. Hey, we're going to connect with people so we can be grateful for what we have. We can empathize. And empathy is such an important word in American schools today that our kids need to empathize with what's going on in Sudan or with what's going on in El Salvador. They need to empathize so they can be grateful for all the amazing things that they have here. And finally, they need to be globally competitive. Our kids are lagging behind when it comes to them speaking. Uh, foreign languages, French, German, you name it, Spanish, Italian, whatever language. Our kids need to be prepared for the 21st century world. So that's when I created World Experiences. And a few years later, in 2018, on April 9th, I lost my twin brother, Happy. His name is Happy. And Happy passed away to a plane crash. So Mm -hmm. that's when... You know, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I prayed to God for wisdom because my 25-year-old young brother passed away to a terrible tragedy. Mm -hmm. So I was in utter grief, extreme grief with my family, and I started praying, and I bowed to the Lord, and I said, hey, give me some direction. Allow me to turn my grief into some beautiful Mm. legacy for my twin brother. And that's when God gave me this idea that, hey, Akash, you've had this journey of global experiences, providing Americans global experiences. But what is the ultimate goal of these global experiences? That all of us as Americans and people around the globe, we live in a happy world, free of these uh, evils, free of these wars, and free of these prejudice and bigotry, that we all live together So that's when we renamed the organization from Global Experiences to a Happy World, because we all need to live in a happy world, and we can create it starting with our local communities.
1: Wow, what a great testimony. And I know your uh, brother would be so proud of you because um, of what you're doing right now, what legacy you're leaving behind for generations to come, Akash for so many children that will, glo- that will grow up more global-minded than us.
2: Absolutely, Marina. And I never thought that an idea so small, where I started student teaching in a small town like Ninaka and Brush Springs and Chickasha, Oklahoma, would turn into a national and now an international movement. Our database has over 1,500 volunteers from over 150 countries. Any teacher can dive into the database and be like, hey, tomorrow I want to connect my students to somebody in Brazil. And especially right now with this global pandemic of COVID-19, schools across the United States are shut down. Teachers are They're panicking or teachers are in fear. They're trying to figure out that, hey, what do I do and how do I teach online? I've never done this. So I'm like, hey, we've got the resources for you. As long as you can make this phone call or as long as you can touch this call button, we can help connect your classrooms with children in any of these 150 countries so children can experience joy in the midst of this global pandemic that has turned our lives around, well the kids have an opportunity through this nonprofit, through this database to experience some joy.
1: Exactly. And along with them experiencing joy, the teachers, the educators, the administrators are also going to experience joy because this is something so new. And when they learn, when they learn about it, Akash, they're going to be like,
2: wow, why didn't we do this before? Exactly. It's no rocket science. (laughs) This is not rocket science. This is not like uh, creating a vaccine for COVID-19. This is not that kind of science that you need an expert for it. I mean, I see folks, especially right now with the lockdown, calling family members on FaceTime, on WhatsApp video call, on Facebook video chat. I'm like, why can't we use this innovative technology in the classrooms? Because kids sometimes, as you and I know as educators, our kids, they sometimes get tired of listening to the same person over and over again. So how do we bring some change into these classrooms while still being the influencer-in-chief in the classroom where you are influencing these young minds? You are leading them towards God. You are leading them towards global citizenship, or you're leading them towards responsible Americans who care for their neighbors, who care for people around the globe, because they're not just connecting with people. I'll give you some examples as we talk today, where children from a Title I school in Oklahoma City or a Title I school in Washington, D.C., they spoke to some people from Sudan, and the next morning in their journal, they drew a picture of their bed And in the journal they wrote, in their reflection, hey, ma'am, or hey, miss, I think I can share my bed with the kids in Sudan. So that is empathy in action. That Mm -hmm. even though our kids who go to Title I schools right here in the United States, which are some of the poorest of the schools, but still their poverty is nothing compared to the poverty in Sudan. And for a child to show that kind of empathy is remarkable. It is. Akash,
1: I know that your nonprofit organization helps many children about global citizenship, citizen-to-citizen diplomacy, and cross-cultural understanding in schools and communities worldwide. Please define both global citizenship and citizen-to-citizen diplomacy so listeners can understand it better.
2: Absolutely. It's such a complicated term. It you know, is. Global citizenship. <laughs> it just sounds like, whoa, what do you think of global citizenship? <laughs> we are all citizens of the United States. We know our, as patriotic Americans what patriotism to the United States means. But global citizenship is the idea that we are not just Americans, but we are global Americans. Global Americans who are championing our values around the globe. And we as Americans have been extremely generous. The world knows the United States for its generosity. The world knows the United States for its freedoms. So those values cannot be disseminated to other countries until and unless we learn about the world around us. And learning about the world around us starts right in the schools. And I was shocked when I started teaching in the rural schools that why aren't we doing this in our schools? Why aren't we teaching kids about all these people around the globe? You know, I constantly see, you know, our politicians from every level. I know so many, like in, in fact, the president's granddaughter, she speaks, I was shocked to know just a couple of days ago that the president's granddaughter speaks Chinese or she's learning Chinese. A tiny young lady, she's learning Chinese. So how incredible is that, that the president's granddaughter, if she can be bilingual, why can't we have every child in the United States bilingual? So that's where we started with that vision in mind. We, we, we started small, and now we are growing exponentially across the United States, giving every school that reaches out to us the opportunity to connect their kids to countries around the globe, and ultimately for children to become global citizens not just citizens of the United States, but Mm -hmm. caring citizens of the globe, caring Americans who take care of their neighbors. Citizen-to-citizen diplomacy is when a citizen in the United States does something that influences and betters the life of somebody in another country. So you'll be shocked. You'll be thinking like, hey, We've got so many kids in poverty in the United States. I'll give you one example of what a child in one of these poor schools that connected with the CEO of a very large company in the United States called Community Recycling. He recycles stuff from the United States and sends it to 50 different countries. So kids in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America can have clothes or shoes or things that were never used or barely used right here in the United States. So this young woman, Bella, she was so shocked. She looked at the guy and he's like, I live in a very poor community in, in an inner city. What do you think I can do for you? The man sent, him, sent her a box with shipping paid for to her school. And he asked the students to throw their old clothes or old shoes or old items in there. And he told them, just ship it back to me. A month later, the kid shipped it back and the CEO spoke to them. And he's like, hey, Bella, look at your shoes. They're going to the Philippines. So for the first time, a child in a very poor inner city community had realized that you don't have to be rich to make a difference in someone's life, that we can all move mountains and we can all make a difference in other people's lives. And money does not dictate the kind of difference you can make in the life of someone. So what a beautiful lesson in giving and citizen-to-citizen diplomacy in one of the poorest schools in the United States. So that's citizen-to-citizen diplomacy. You could take it to any level to where a classroom in the United States, the kids are sewing and making masks and they are sending it to one of the hardest hit COVID-19 countries in Peru or Brazil. So that's citizen-to-citizen diplomacy. Or somebody on the other side of the world, they know what's going on in the United States in New York or in other hotspots of this disease. They send something to our country so that's citizen-to-citizen citizen diplomacy.
1: Wow, that is, that is incredible. Um, I, I can't wait to learn more about how teachers can take advantage of your educational tool that you have, and we will get to, to that part in a minute. How does your nonprofit promote these, subjects areas, these subject areas in your schools, or in the schools, I should say, in the communities?
2: You know, our greatest program is Global Connect. So Global Connect is a free open database of 1,500 volunteers from 150 countries that teachers can simply reach out to us and be like, hey, I want to talk to a scientist in Antarctica next week, or I want to talk to a classroom in Germany or in the United Kingdom or in Ghana or in Uganda or in any other part of the world. And we make those connections possible, 100% free, 100% free. There's no strings attached. Teachers don't pay a dime out of their pockets. There's other programs that we also promote where we offer scholarships to students to go on service learning trips. But now because of COVID-19, we are not going to be able to, uh, you know, lead any trips. I'm going to pray that we can, hopefully in December over Christmas, but we mm-hmm. offer some international service learning trips. We offer immersion opportunities where we bus international students from tens of countries And we take them to rural and inner city schools so kids can experience an entire day of International Day where they're talking to people from 50 countries, kids who have never left, let's say, Williamsburg, Virginia, or kids who have never left Santa Clara, California. Now they're talking to people from Swaziland and they're talking to people from, uh, you know, the Czech Republic or Turkey or from other parts of the world. So what a fantastic opportunity for kids to be connected with these folks, and not just to teach them about their cultures or their countries and uh, or, you know, what they do in their countries or the history and geography of the countries. Most of these folks are career-bound professionals. So these career-bound professionals are also mentoring our students in science, in mathematics, in reading, in other subjects. So, kids are here finding mentors from different countries and pals and Fred's right from pre K through 12. We offer these services 100% for free. In fact, just a couple of days ago, I had a call from a professor at Oklahoma Baptist University. Her students were studying immigration. She's a Spanish professor. And she reached out to me. She's like, My students from Oklahoma Baptist, they want to learn about immigration. We connected her to immigrants from all across the United States. We connected her to an immigration attorney from Oklahoma City. So it could be anything. We have so many resources that if people were to ask us, hey, find us a ranger from the Yellowstone National Park, we'll find them a ranger from the Yellowstone (laughs) National Park to take a tour. So another program we offer is virtual field trips. You know, a lot of times teachers don't have resources. We don't have money to take our kids anywhere. I'm like, okay, you don't have resources, but you've got the best internet on our, on our planet. We in our country are so blessed to have such incredible internet. We can take you to the Taj Mahal on a field trip. We can take you to the Yellowstone National Park on a field trip. We can take you to the local fire station or the, you know, the local police station. And kids can experience the police station. So, you know, that's the excitement of our program. It's And what I call my uh, 1,500 volunteers is They're certainly servants of God, but they're also, you know, I call them an army of John Lennons, army of John Lennons (laughs) in the power of this change. They believe that we can all come together and as a collective force, we can impact our neighbors and we can impact people around us to be better God-fearing, giving people. Yes, Akash, you talked about this
1: global um, database. So what does a teacher need to do? Just uh, call you or go online or what is the process?
2: We don't want the database to be complicated to teachers. So what we do is simply go to happyworldfoundation.us. Okay. You will find our email address or our phone number. Text us on that phone number. Say that again. So text us on the phone number or call us on the phone number or email us on happyworldfoundation.us. Simply send us an email or a message. Say, hey, I'm a church teacher. We even serve private school teachers, Bible study teachers. You know, they probably want to connect with worshipers or maybe a pastor from another country. We will make that happen. So anybody. Anybody can reach out. In fact, you know, sometimes we have adult groups that are studying different countries and they want to reach out to us. They're like, hey, can you connect us to some people from another country? And we're like, we'll make it happen. Just send us an email and tell us, hey, Akash, we can use Zoom or Skype or Google Hangout and we've got great internet. Can you connect us with somebody from this in this country or about this topic? And we get them in, within 24 hours. We have a team of incredible folks that will turn around in 24 hours and find you somebody that you can talk to. So how did you start this database? Well, it started with my small classroom, a rural community in rural Oklahoma, where I thought I was sharing all these stories about different countries with my kids. And then I was like, I've not been to some countries here. So how do I teach kids about countries I've not been to? But I know people from those countries. And my friends of friends of friends know people from other countries. So why don't I use these people from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? I've mobilized thousands of people. And I was like, can you come talk to my classroom? It was one classroom. From one classroom, now we are serving thousands of classrooms across the United States. And on a planet where we have 7 billion people, we constantly grow our database weekly from 1,500 to 1,600. Every month, we've got 100 new volunteers because people see what's happening. When we post it on social media, people see the power of connection. People see the power, the inspiring power of this on the hearts and minds of our children. And they all want to give back. They reach out to us and be like, hey, can we volunteer or American people will come back? And like, Akash, all these people from around the globe are teaching our kids. Can I give one hour teaching English to kids in Africa or kids in, uh, kids in Latin America? And I'm like, yes, we need you. We want you to be giving an hour of your time when you can be mm-hmm. on your phone playing a game, mm-hmm. much rather make a meaningful connection with one of your brothers or sisters around the globe. So that's how we started. Very small, but now we are a global movement of teaching children uh, Amen. about the world. Ka- Akash, I know you speak five languages
1: and you have traveled to over 50 countries. Do you think your traveling
2: experience has encouraged you to
1: promote global citizenship and the other subject areas in
2: the schools? Absolutely, uh, Barida. Uh, you wouldn't believe me. In 2009, when I came to the United States, I, w- I came to America to study on a scholarship and I came to study nuclear engineering. I never studied nuclear engineering. <laughs> I was graduating (laughs) with an elementary education degree, but I also got certified to teach high school mathematics. Because I'm bright, incredibly bright in mathematics and physics, but I've never used it because I thought me as a people person, God has a different purpose for me. God has a different purpose and he showed me that light. And that's when I moved from Iowa to Oklahoma, came to a very small town for a very meaningful reason that God, I know, put me in there that I started this nonprofit, and I knew that all of these travel experiences that I had were not so I could become an engineer and work around four walls, but so that I could use these experiences to impact and positively inspire people around the globe. And certainly, my travel experiences have guided me into into this movement of global citizenship today. So had it not been for the travel, I would probably be in a nuclear reactor, which are <laughs> the reactors are all <laughs> shutting down across the globe for security reasons, because they've been leaking, they've been, there's been uh, things going around on nuclear reactors, and they're not reliable. So they're shutting all around the globe. I don't think I would have been as happy of a person that I am today had I been an engineer. So uh, a great question, but yes, I certainly feel my traveling to over 50 countries not only inspired me to start the nonprofit, but also to learn other languages. And I don't see why people think learning another language is being, not being as patriotic towards the United States. Patriotism and you know, is great. I know a lot of people love the United States, and I believe everybody in America should be able to speak English. English should be first, but wouldn't it be great if our citizens spoke more than one language? It would be great for our national security. Back in the day, we had Native Americans, code talkers who protected us in wars because they spoke some code language that the enemy did not know. How brilliant would it be if each citizen in the United States spoke Chinese, Russian, English, German, French, you know, they spoke another language than just English. And I believe we'll be globally competitive and we'll be the greatest country. Yes, we are the greatest, but we'll be even greater if our citizens spoke more than one language.
1: Why aren't public schools teaching these important subject areas, Gosh,
2: I really don't know. I think the first thing um, is probably because, uh, Marina, I think I'm fortunate and I, I want to thank God for the opportunities he had, has bestowed upon me. I know a lot of folks who do not have the same experiences as me. So they cannot share some of those. And that's why I created the nonprofit to bridge that gap, to close that gap. Hey, teachers who believe I haven't traveled to 50 countries, how can I teach children about other countries? But hey, you don't have to have traveled to 50 countries anymore. We've got a database of thousands of people that you can just dive into and go connect with people around the globe. So I think the reason why public schools or private schools or any schools period are not teaching this is because they don't have access to these resources and to bridge and close that gap. We are providing those resources to educators.
1: Amen. Akash, what kind of results and reactions are you getting from the community or from different countries about happy world's foundation?
2: You know, uh, recently, uh, an article was published about the work that we do in the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages National Magazine. Uh, I don't like talking about the work that we do, but I love bragging about the work that our teachers do because we have hundreds of thousands of teachers across the United States that are now so meaningfully engaged. You know, this high school teacher, young high school teacher, new into the classroom, praying every day for patience because as a new teacher, one of the greatest Mm -hmm. challenges is classroom management. These kids drive you crazy. So this teacher reached out to me. She's like, Patel, Akash, please help me with something. I've got to do something in my classroom. She's a high school teacher, a young lady. She reached out to me you know, from a little town in Virginia. And she tells me, Akash, what can I do? I was like, why don't you start connecting your students with some of these people? And I connected her with people from countries impoverished communities where kids appreciated what they had and her kids right here in the midst of all this uh, luxury that we enjoy in the United States in my belief they were not being grateful of their teacher or of what God has given them so when she started connecting her students with people she called me and she said Akash I didn't have to read any classroom management book I saw a dramatic difference in the behaviors of my kids. They would come to class every day. They're like, hey, jo- Miss jo- Ms. Smith, her name is Johanna Smith. She's like, hey, Miss Smith, who are we talking to tomorrow? One of our students reached out and she's like, hey, uh, you know, those kids at our school that have been breaking and vandalizing things at our school, had they been talking to people just like we do in our classroom, they wouldn't be breaking the things that they're breaking right now. So that kind of reflection and to be able to come to that point of critical thinking mm-hmm. after connecting with people and empathizing with your teacher and with your peers and with people around you and being grateful, that is our greatest success.
1: And the healthy interaction.
2: Oh, how joyful. <laughs> to be I, I keep forgetting that we don't tell our kids what country they're going to talk to. They've got to be in a mystery hangout. So kids have to use their cell phones with Google Maps or they've got to use their atlases with the continents and the countries. And they have to ask questions to solve the mystery of where the person of the classroom on the other side is from. So it makes so much excitement. The kids want to know, are you north of the equator? Are you south of the equator? Are you close to the ocean? (laughs) What kind of government do you have? Do you have a dictatorship? Do you have a democracy? Do you have a monarchy? Do you have a king? Do you have to bow to your king? So it's just so funny to watch the kinds of creative questions that our kids can come up with. And once they have resolved, you know, once they have solved the mystery, they engage in a conversation for the day. Let's say about it's about quarantine and COVID-19, or maybe they want to talk about uh, foods in their countries, or maybe they want to talk about how they celebrate Christmas differently from one country to another. So it's just incredible for our kids to have that opportunity and to see that change in heart, which to me is our greatest accomplishment, is the change in heart of our kids,
1: Exactly. And the excitement that they're experiencing and the curiosity that they're experiencing and the fact that you're using modern day tools like a cell phone, which, you know, teens and the youth of this generation love to use their phones. So why not use their phones for a great benefit, for an educational benefit?
2: Why not? Why maybe not? are glued <laughs> up their devices on social media or maybe on games. And why not 30 minutes or an hour of connecting with people? Right. And letting God transform your heart into giving citizens of our great nation.
1: And I love how you mentioned empathy because you know what—it is so true, Akash. Even in our um, elementary schools, I hear that teachers now today are teaching empathy to little kids, first graders, kindergarten.
2: I, I, you know, it's sad because we live in too much prosperity. I tell people sometimes that we in the United States have so much that we forget to be appreciative of what we have. And when we live in so much, we forget to be grateful for it. And when we're not grateful for things like that, we behave differently in the classrooms. The kids, as young as in pre-K and kindergarten, have to take lessons in empathy. And here we are not explicitly teaching empathy, but we are teaching empathy through this beautiful, joyful connection, a live connection with somebody thousands of miles away. Yes, by learning different worldviews
1: and seeing how, uh, learning about other people's culture. And then that makes them reflect and look at their own world and Mm -hmm. say, wow, they don't have it better than us. We're so much better. And then that's when you say that that creates empathy.
2: No doubt about it. You put it right. You know, you took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. So the, those are. that's exactly where I was getting to. And I think that's the power of our movement. And, and to any of the listeners tonight, if you feel like you know somebody, a teacher, a professor, who could benefit from our program, reach out to us. Or if you feel that you can give back during this crisis, and it's going to make you feel good. Oh, I spoke an hour today to kids in Argentina, and I taught them about Arizona, or I taught them about the United States. How cool would it make you feel deep in your heart that you have served God's purpose of giving to your neighbors?
1: Akash, I also read in your website that you have a team of a team that trains
2: teachers. Can you share about that? Absolutely. So right now what I'm doing with you on Zoom, we're doing this radio interview. So right now, because of the crisis, we can't travel. Otherwise, usually I travel across the country providing professional development to teachers. But if any school district feels like right now they're struggling and they want something like this exciting coming to their school, they simply need to send us an email. We will offer a free professional development to their staff via Zoom or any other video calling hangar, or video calling platform. So just email us. On, go to our website, happyworldfoundation.us. Email us and one of our professionals, or it could be myself. I go do a lot of these because I love telling teachers about our story and how we started. So it could be either me, Amy, or Hilda. One of us would come out and help your school start this magic.
1: So it can happen fairly quickly. If somebody were to call you like
2: like today. If somebody was to call me today, we will make something happen tomorrow in their classrooms. Okay. We need passionate teachers. We need teachers who are like, hey, I'll do this if you guide me (laughs) how to do it. And we'll get you there. This
1: is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach, and I'm speaking with Akash Patel, founder of a nonprofit organization called Happy World Foundation in Dallas, Texas. We are talking about how God has blessed his nonprofit organization to help educate so many children about global, global citizenship, citizen to citizen diplomacy, and cross cultural uh, understanding in schools and communities worldwide. Akash, I read one of your educational programs is to learn about Asian elephants and sea turtles (laughs) to which you have had years of experience studying about these animals. Please share your work and how this is helping children find ways to conserve these animals.
2: Oh my, that's a fantastic question. Elephants are my favorite animals and I grew up around them and I worked for years around them. So I have thousands of pictures with elephants. So the first thing when I went to these rural communities in Oklahoma and I taught the kids while student teaching was about my own elephants and my experiences with elephants. And guess what? I taught them how to make elephant poo-poo paper. You heard that right. <laughs> Every zoo in the United States sells elephant poo-poo paper because elephants, they're not like humans. They don't eat hamburgers and fries. Elephants, all they eat is grass. So you can wash their poo and change it into 200 sheets of paper per day. So for kids... To be able wow. to see that paper, to touch it, to feel it, to see how incredible <laughs> it is. So I collaborated with the world's largest elephant dung paper company. And we <coughs> secured a donation of 100,000 elephant poo paper. And we distributed it to schools across the country so children could learn about these majestic animals. What an incredible creation of God. Wouldn't you agree, Marina? What a beautiful creation. And anybody, kids or adults, when they see elephants, they are filled with admiration, with awe, with excitement. Wow, what a beautiful animal. And for kids to be able to touch and feel such an incredible paper that has a mean, a scientific meaning associated to it was very exciting, beyond exciting. So even today, we offer that. And apart from offering the elephant dunk paper paper, uh, Two schools and offering them the science behind how to make that paper. We have made that paper in some cities across the United States in collaboration with zoos. And then we're also offering STEM lessons to students, where students are extracting the DNA of elephants to study poaching patterns, because elephants are being poached by these evil criminals in Africa at an alarming rate. So what do we do about it? So I teach kids how to extract the DNA of elephants to study poaching patterns. This is something scientists are using across Africa to keep a track of where the elephants are being poached the most so they can send law enforcement and drones to those hotspots so that we can save those elephants. So yes, that's one incredible experience. And the sea turtles, I worked with 100,000 sea turtles every year during a phenomenon called arribadas. It's a Spanish word for arrival. So it's a mass arrival of nesting sea turtles. They come and nest in India, in uh, Costa Rica, uh, in different parts of the world. But I've worked in Costa Rica and India with these sea turtles. So I created lessons about nesting sea turtles. And the way my job was to tag the sea turtles, to keep a track of how many eggs they're laying, to make sure if any of the sea turtles are sick, we inform the wet and uh, things of that nature. So I created these fun interactive lessons where kids experience themselves being with the sea turtle, or they experience themselves being with the elephant, and they experience the life of a sea turtle day by day, or an elephant day by day. So I thought that was just a joyful thing to add to the kids. So not only could kids learn about these majestic creations of God, but they could also learn about the countries where they're found.
1: That's great. Please share uh, the reactions of the students when you teach them this.
2: (laughs) You know, I have a funny reaction. uh, Back when I used to live in Oklahoma, and I traveled the state of Oklahoma, giving this poo-poo paper to kids across the state, my parents own a business at the mall. So I was at the mall one day, and this kid from, you know, the panhandle of Oklahoma was probably out there with his parents. He looked at me and instantly shouted in the middle of the mall, He's like, mom, that's the poo-poo paper teacher. (laughs) So for me, that was so joyful, such a joyful thing. He didn't remember my name because I wasn't his teacher. I was just a traveling teacher going from school to school teaching children about these elephants and our cool science STEM lessons based with elephants. But for me to see that a young third grader could remember that Mm -hmm. Science lesson. not my name. I don't care. Whether he heard about, about, about you. He <laughs> heard about the lesson that I taught about The stick in their minds exactly. until their adult lives. So exactly. that to me is, you know, my greatest reward. That's
1: awesome, Akash. I also know that um, you have been elected to the United Nations Association of the United States of America's National Council to serve in the. term, briefly describe your role in this council and how it's going to positively impact the lives of children or youth or the community.
2: Absolutely. It's a very exciting announcement, uh, Marina. Congratulations, too. Uh, two, two weeks ago. Thank you so much again. And I'm really honored and humbled at this opportunity because it's a 20,000-member strong organization of Americans who believe in the work of the United Nations and how we impact because one, as one of the greatest contributors to the United Nations, we work across the world helping people in times of pandemics like COVID-19, or with Ebola outbreaks in other countries. So my role on the National Council would be to advise the United Nations Association of the United States on what we should be focusing on over the next two years. So it's a very exciting time where we will prioritize projects or we will work as a collective body on specific projects and hopefully I'll get to travel to the UN on a couple occasions I hope by then the situation will be better and I'll have the opportunity to travel so above all what I'm very much excited about is that I'll be in touch with associations from across the 50 states of the United States and with people around the world so what I'm looking at is seeing ways we can replicate the work of the Happy World Foundation in all of these communities so for me, that will be my first project. And certainly I want to be networking and reaching out and advising the National Council on other projects as they relate to environment, human rights, or other, other areas of the United Nations. But my focus is education. My focus is children to making sure every child on our planet Earth has the same opportunities that my students get to experience in the classroom on a daily basis.
1: I can see how God is going to expand your territory and make this happen, Akash. I'm you. so excited for you. So excited. Akash, now, during this world crisis, how do you stay in a place of faith right now when you're surrounded with so much negative news and perhaps a lot of people who are down, a lot of people who are, you know, disappointed and, or depressed,
2: Absolutely. And I I know personal friends who have lost their jobs or Mm -hmm. folks who have lost loved ones to COVID-19. So I I cannot imagine the pain that they are going through. Mm -hmm. But, you know, on the positive note, I I do not want to talk about folks who have lost their loved ones. I cannot imagine their grief. I can only pray for them. Mm -hmm. But on the positive side, for people who are locked down at home and they're depressed or they're they're worried about how they're going to you know, get the next meal, or they're they're with, in fear. Oh no, they're in fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think prayer can get us through. Mm-hmm. Reaching out to each other and praying for over this crisis, and also for folks who who haven't lost much, but they're just in lockdown and they're frustrated that hey, I want to go out and I want to do something. I mean, take this time, be appreciative that God has given you this opportunity to spend with your loved ones. That's the first thing I took out of this lockdown and this situation. You know, I lead such a busy life. So for me, when the lockdown started, I was thrilled. I was like, hey, I get to spend two months with my parents who I barely get to see Mm. on occasions. So I'm grateful to God that I have that opportunity. But I know a lot of people are not as grateful because, you know, I as a teacher can work remotely from home. There are folks who were construction workers or who worked in places that have lost their jobs, that faith can get us through this tragedy. Faith got me through the greatest tragedy of my life, which was not COVID-19, but the passing of my twin brother. And faith and that prayer got me through it. And today I am in better days, beautiful days that are honoring the work and the life of my brother. So if faith could get me through this tragedy, COVID-19 is not anywhere close to the tragedy that my family and I had to experience that we all through prayer and certainly through work, through hard work, through honoring uh, God through our work, we can get through this crisis. And I really hope, and I believe uh, God has put our leaders in place. So I believe their judgment on when they open or reopen that we will be seeing better days. And I hope it's very soon.
1: Yes. Akash, I also saw on your website that your parents are co-founders and trustees. What do they think about Happy World Foundation?
2: Well, my parents were never involved in my nonprofit ventures before my brother passed away. Mm -hmm. But after the passing of my twin brother, uh, you know, our board president is the former Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year, and he's a pastor. He's a pastor at a church in Durant, Oklahoma. Our board, uh, uh, the other board trustee is Amy Anderton, director of foreign languages in Dallas ISD. And the other um, executive director is Hilda Xavier, a Guatemalan-American who lives and works with the Oklahoma Health Department in Oklahoma. My parents just recently started getting involved because after the passing of my twin brother, they were looking for purpose. They were looking for something that they could do that would take them away from their grief and put them closer to God. So through the work that we do, through ripening the lives of kids, they experience so much joy themselves that their grief is lesser than that it was a couple years ago. So they're very proud of the work that I do. I know my parents' uh, hearts and minds swell with pride every time we hear of uh, some great news for our nonprofit, but they're very supportive of my work. And I'm very grateful that I have such incredible parents.
1: Yes, and I also read that uh, your Director of Operations, Amy Anderton, received an award too, so that's great news.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, she too quite recently received an award, and uh, she was honored by the Southwest uh, Association, the Southern Southwest Association, which is an association of 12 states in the South, in the Southwest, that honored her for the work that our nonprofit does. So how incredible that mm-hmm. we are impacting these 12 states in the Southwest mm-hmm. region, a movement that started. And that includes the state of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we also Arizona. serve, we serve quite a few schools in Phoenix in or oh, in some towns that I can't even pronounce maybe, but we have some teachers, but we want to reach out to more. So uh, I really think Faith uh, City Outreach For this incredible opportunity, because through you, Marina, through your connections, through the radio, such platforms, we can reach more communities.
1: And believe it that I will (laughs) absolutely pass on this news like (laughs) ASAP.
2: I appreciate that. (laughs) That's very kind of you. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you so much for being obedient and for for doing this. Akash, what are some things that we didn't um, talk about or or I didn't possibly maybe ask about your organization that it is very important to know about?
2: Uh, Absolutely. I think one thing we missed um, is our nonprofit clinic because my brother... Well, a couple of things that I'll touch on before. Uh, of course, I know we have we've got to close. Uh, so our nonprofit clinic was something that was also born out of a tragedy. My brother was a for-profit entrepreneur and I'm a nonprofit entrepreneur. So you know, (laughs) Marina, you and I have spoken that a lot of people have incredible ideas and they want to start nonprofit organizations. But when they reach out to attorneys, attorneys try to build them thousands of dollars to go through this red tape bureaucracy and paperwork. So what we did is after my brother passed away, I thought, hey, you know what? I want to start this nonprofit. In my brother's memory, I'm going to do all the paperwork myself by researching things online, by talking to people, whatever I do. And then I'm going to mentor other people just like me who cannot and do not want to pay an attorney $3,000 to do some paperwork that really you could do yourself at home. So we helped save 55 organizations across the United States since my brother passed away thousands of dollars in legal fees so they too could start their nonprofits and could impact communities across the United States. Then we have another program called our Global Citizen Awards Gala. Each year, this program raises over $100,000 in scholarship money for at-risk youth so they could travel to countries around the world and impact communities around the globe. So this gala last year was held in Dallas, Texas. This year it's going to be held at the Choctaw Casino and Resort, which is, it's going to be held at the Choctaw Resort by the chief of the Choctaw Nation which is one of the largest federally recognized tribes of the United States. It's an hour from Dallas, Texas. Chief Gary Batten will be our host in October on October 24th. And at this gala, we honor ambassadors of foreign countries. We honor heads of states. We honor actors and actresses. We honor uh, activists from local communities, students or teachers who have made a significant difference and impact on global citizenship. And lastly, uh, I believe I still missed another program. It was Global Connect, our Global Citizen Awards Gala. I'm missing something that I can't remember (laughs) on top of my head.
1: Well, there's something that I want to ask too. So since you mentioned that you get um, all the funding and the sponsorships and the scholarships, I'm guessing that you have created uh, partnerships with the community.
2: Yes, yes, yes. That brings me to our grant program. So we call them the happy mini grants or startup uh, funds. So last year we offered over $30,000 apart from the uh, scholarships for students uh, that uh, we offer each year. This year we might be affected a little bit because of COVID-19. I don't know how the funding structure will look, but our uh, budget might be affected. Again, we do not know what the numbers will look like until we find out. But Last year, we offered over $30,000, and we didn't give all of this money to one person. We gave $500 to startups all across the globe. So imagine, with $500, we hired a chemistry teacher in the highlands of Peru who went to remote towns and taught them how to make perfume. So kids wow. who were in really impoverished communities who did not, could not go to school, now they know how to make perfume and sell it so they can have a means of living wow. in their communities. Then we had a high school dropout women in Uganda with $500 we provided them their resources for the entire semester to learn how to stitch and make clothes. So wow. that $500 went such a long way whereas in the United States I was to give 500 to somebody they'll be like, "Ah, I don't think that's enough for me to even make it to on my mission trip to South Africa." But that 500 Made such an impact, and you know, one of my most moving stories before I uh, allow you the opportunity to close was this gowns for women who have lost their loved ones. You know, when they they were born, gowns so, like dresses.
1: Yes, yes.
2: No, no. Now let me tell you, wedding gowns. Oh, wedding gowns. And these women in Oklahoma, they take the wedding gowns and they make tiny gowns for kids who were born too early. And who passed wow. away? So you know uh, that was the most beautiful thing we could have done because my mom knows the grief of losing a child. Mm-hmm. So when she saw these women, that what they were doing, our five hundred dollars went towards stitching a thousand gowns, so that if any mother has to go through this terrible tragedy of losing a child who's not even a day old, mm-hmm. that they have a gown so they could bury their loved one.
1: How beautiful! That is so touching and so beautiful. Yeah, the
2: organization is called Angel Gown Foundation of Oklahoma.
1: Oh, and even the Angel name gown. is even beautiful. Yes. Beautiful,
2: name. Angel <laughs> yes. Gown. And yes, my family to Perfect. tears. Perfect.
1: Oh yes, I can imagine Akash.
2: Akash, how can the public help support Happy World Foundation? So, I think one great way is people can volunteer for us. In our database, we are looking for Americans who can give back 30 minutes of their time every month or once in six months or at their convenience when they're free so they can help a classroom around the world with English skills or teach <sighs> them about the United States. The other way is financially. If somebody feels so compelled that they want to write a $20 check to Happy World well Foundation or donate on our website, we are, all, our, all the donations are tax deductible because we are a 501c3 and we're recognized federally, so you can make a donation to the Happy World Foundation. Uh, so those are two great ways you could support us, and certainly by spreading the word about the resources we have, including our grant application, where people can apply for grants, like the Angel Gown Foundation that makes these gowns for uh, young, young and loved ones that mothers lost too soon, or For a teacher in the highlands of Peru that could be teaching how someone how to make perfume. So if you have some creative ideas like that, we have an application on our website, happyworldfoundation.us, you too can apply. Or you can simply go to our database and connect some teachers or educators and tell them, hey, go to that database. They've got some great resources and you can make use of it.
1: And if they have a personal question
2: to ask you, how can they contact you? What's your email address? You know, I, I keep my email very open. It's Akash at happyworldfoundation.us. So it's A-K-A-S-H at happyworldfoundation.us. So you can reach out to me via email or I even give out my phone number because my phone number is with thousands of teachers across the United States. (laughs) It's 405-474-3310. Again, it's 405-474-3310. You're more than welcome to text me, call me. And I'm very personable, and reachable, that I love reaching out to folks Resource,
1: And that is so true. Akash, I have to thank you, too, for helping me mentor or for mentoring me through the 501c3 process. So what you said about your program, it's true, because listeners, (laughs) I am uh, a witness here (laughs) that he does help people and does mentor people through the 501c3 process. So Akash, I want to ask you if you could just um, please share some encouraging words um, you'd like for the listeners right now who are listening. Anything that is in your heart right now that you Absolutely. may just give to
2: them. I think uh, I would love to pray if we can pray together. And I okay. think that could be, that could offer our, an encouragement to people but maybe at their homes right now or they're driving or they're uh, trying to get something somewhere that maybe uh, pray with me no matter where you are. So just a quick prayer for everybody. Please bow your heads and almighty God, know that everything is in your sovereign control. We ask that you keep this new COVID-19 from continuing to spread. Give government officials the ability to safely handle people arriving from other countries. Help people decide to stay home instead of traveling or going out needlessly. Holy Spirit, remind people to wash their hands properly. And while it may be heartbreaking, comfort families as they decide to keep their distance from elderly or other high-risk family members. I ask this in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Patel, for being on Faith City Outreach and to share how God is blessing you and Happy World Foundation.
2: Thank you, Marina, for this fantastic opportunity. I look forward to collaborating with you over the months to come.
1: Yes, amen. Faith City Outreach can be heard daily, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Arizona time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Faith City Outreach thanks Global Women, Christian Chamber of Commerce, Embassy, and Four Winds Ministries for being supporters. Psalm 117, praise the Lord all you nations, extol him all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord.
0: You have been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. That email again is fcoprogram at gmail.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew six thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The music used in this broadcast is used courtesy of Zapswap.com.